Hey there, everybody. It is your favorite podcast host's son with your favorite podcast host. Hello there, Barbara. Hello there, Andrew. (laughs) I always love when you come up with something different every time. It's just great. I'm just always excited to see you. Also, part of it, um, what everybody did not get to hear is we spent almost an hour doing some technical solutioning where we're we're doing the thing that so many people figured out how to do during the height of the pandemic, which was have an interview via Zoom. Uh, and Zoom kicks butt, but sometimes the hardware doesn't. And uh, <laughs> so uh, so I'm so glad that we've gotten past that part. I'm also glad we didn't record it for you all because you probably would have unsubscribed from the podcast. No, uh, don't do so- that. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, but before we dive into our upcoming conversation, Mom, I wanted to, I wanted to hear a, a a little bit about your upcoming book that people may be looking forward to. Oh, it's going to come out pretty soon. It's called Grow Your Why, One Story at a Time. And it's all ready. It's all ready to go. I just have to get a few more things done. And then I get to push that button and put it out there. And I'm excited. There's 23 stories from amazing entrepreneurs, educators, innovators who challenge themselves somehow and got through it and it helped them find their why. It's just, I, some days I just, I, I just had to pinch myself from the people I've met. They're just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, here, tell me about um, this lovely human being that we're going to hear in this next conversation. Oh, Sylvester Chisholm. I, I was so lucky to be on a panel with other podcasters and Sylvester was there and it was something that both of us, connected with each other on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd like to know more of a little bit about you. And he goes, yeah, I want you on my show. And so I was on his show and he does a lot of work around career technology education and helping entrepreneurs and young, like high schoolers, middle schoolers in finding their their passion and figuring out what they can do. And even if they want to start their own businesses, he even has a program called the $50 Startup Project. And he he's... There's so much about him. I cannot wait for people to learn about him, follow him, and listen to his podcast too, because he's just um, a special person. What is his podcast called? I think it's called Manifest Manifest Greatness or Unleashing uh, the Potential in All of Us. Some One of those, I forgot. <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to tell you when we get in there because there was so much. I kept saying, you do what? You do what? And uh, it just, we're one of those where it just started a really wonderful friendship. And I just would love people to uh, learn more about him because they'll want to be on his show, at least listen to his show. He's just amazing. Oh, that's great. I love hearing you all supporting each other, your educators, learners, and why explorers. Uh, So listen to (laughs) two why explorers and their conversations with Barbara Bray and Sylvester Chisholm. I'm really excited about my guest today. I mean, I was just on his show and (laughs) it's Sylvester Chisholm. Sylvester, I'm so happy you're here. I'm I'm excited to be here. Like I feel like you're my new best friend in California. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you definitely if you come out here we're going to get together. That's that's for sure. Yes. I've learned so much about you that I want to just do an intro to my 
you know, my audience so they know a little more about you because, you know, I want you to come out here to California and I want you to do some of the traveling and, and meet some of the people I know because it's kind of fun when we connect like this. Is that okay Absolutely. if I boast about you just a little bit? It's, I guess it's okay since it's your show. I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sylvester Chisholm is the CEO and founder of Global CTE Learning, an online career and technical ed- education curriculum and instruction company. That's big. Well, the world needs as much help as we can for these teachers and, and making things relevant and engaging for the kids. So I'm here to help. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So your background, well, you're an educational technology entrepreneur. You're the author of, am I right, four best-selling books? Is that right? Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, four four books. Oh, you never stop. I can see. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not even done. You even have your latest one is called Manifest Greatness. And uh, we're going to talk about that, definitely. And the creator of the EdTech product, the $50 startup program. Come on. $50? We'll talk $50. about it. Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, I already mentioned it, but you have your own podcast, Global CTE Podcast. And like I said, lucky me, I was a guest on your show Welcome, Sylvester. I'm really glad we're, you're here with me on my virtual porch. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for uh, for having me. And I'm, I'm super honored to be on your platform and excited to connect with you and, and your listeners. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm glad that. I, I mean, it's fun how we met. We met on a podcast show with all these other podcasters. And it was something like I went, I hope we connect. And we did. And it was just, it was just meant to be. And you mentioned to me something about your purpose, your why. Can you share a little bit of that? Great question. And when I think about my why, I have to start with who I am today, how I show up in the world as an entrepreneur who lives at the intersection of entrepreneurship and education. Those are my passions. Those are the the way I like to try to impact the world to try to make it a better place. And that career tech education component, when I reflect back, it starts with the why of my why is my mother. Right. My mother, uh, Darlene Gibson, as a a single parent, put two kids through college as an entrepreneur in the career tech education field, as a hairstylist, as a cosmetologist, who she was a 12 year old as a 12 year old little girl. She knew what she wanted to do. Her passion was was hair and making people look beautiful. She said when she was uh, 12, she would braid hair on the front porch and was making her own money enough to buy her own school clothes, you know, and listen to this part. This is what she probably would kill me if she knew I was telling this. So (laughs) I was asking her this. I told, I said, I said, that's beautiful that you recognize your passion. You saw who you were in that at such a young age. She said she had did the research. 
and figured out that you could go to cosmetology school out of the eighth grade. So she was trying to completely skip high school and go pro out of middle school. <laughs> and my luckily, my grandmother was like, no, sweetheart, um, you will graduate high school first <laughs> before you do this. But yeah, uh, she's, she's been an entrepreneur. She's owned her own hair salon for over 40 years. Talk about customer retention. She's she has clients who were there at my birth my first birthday party that she still sees to this day. But seeing how a person can transform their life, impact their family, go to new heights through that lens of a skilled trade, that story needs to be told. The darling Gibsons of the world that are sitting in classrooms today with skills welding, cybersecurity, entrepreneurs, they need to find themselves in the work. And that's where we come in today with engaging curriculum and fun stuff like that. I didn't know that about your mother. That's wonderful. Yeah. I have to write a book about her. She sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's awesome. So that's my why. Long story, but that is so wonderful. Well, that's probably why you started a business when you were 17. <laughs> yes. Yes, I I mean literally I grew up in that hair salon. So as a as a 5-year-old, I'm answering the phone and and walking ladies to their cars as security like I'm like what am I going to do at 5 years old if somebody does something <laughs> but um the learning that takes place through maybe osmosis of just being around, you know? Sometimes you don't realize you're you're picking up these things. So naturally, I see the world through the lens of problems and solutions and opportunities. That's just, that's how my brain works. I got to write that down because I think that's really, I understand that. And the whole thing is about the opportunities because Mm -hmm. your mother, well, she showed you through experience what she could do. She mm-hmm. gave you the opportunity to see what you could do. So what mm-hmm. is that story of that 17-year-old? Oh, wow. Okay. So, y- yes, when I, I'm, I've been really reflective here lately, and I'll say lately as in the last five years of thinking like, well, how, do I, how did I get here? And w- what were the signs that showed this is who this kid will be or become as an adult. And I'm I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So we have all four seasons in the wintertime. When it snows, school gets canceled. Other kids are sleeping as a kid. I'm up knocking on your door with the shovel asking, can I shovel your driveway? No one told me to do that. Right. But that's just, that's how, how I, I worked or, um, Uh, I wanted a video game, NBA Jam, in middle school. And my mother said, I'll give you half the money. You need to figure out how to come up with the other half. I started selling candy at school, right? And made enough money to, I said, you know, just take me to get the game. I don't need your half. I've got got enough, right? So I, I think that problem solving, that training, that nurturing uh, from her that I realized, and then 17, fast forward, 17, my best friend and I, uh, we worked together at a local car wash chain, right? And so my mom, she owned the hair salon and there was a lady at the salon. I would 
go and pick her car up and keep it clean every couple of weeks for $20, right? Again, it's it gets cold in the wintertime in St. Louis. So it's like November, December. It was the Saturday for her name was Miss Blanche. She had a white Audi. And so I called the salon. I said, I said, hey, Miss Blanche, um, you know, it's kind of cold outside. Did you still want to have the car done today? And she was kind of a, a grandmotherly figure to me. She's like, yeah, baby, I'm here waiting on you. And I'm like, oh, my God. I see. I was like, <laughs> so I'm like, I have to honor my words. So I'm like, how can I do this and get it done faster? I called my best friend, Art. I said, hey, Art, what are you up to? He's like, nothing, just chilling, sitting on the couch. And I said, hey, you want to go split this $20 with me and we can go and clean this car and, and go on about our day? He was like, this is like a sign from above. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I can pay a $10 pager bill, right? So <laughs> literally, that was the motivation. We started a car wash business trying to pay a $10 pager bill. We went to, to clean that one car. Took it back. Miss Blanche was happy. Two other ladies in the salon were there. They wanted their cars clean. So that day we made $60 instead of 20. And so we were like, look at this. Like, wow, I'm working with my best friend. We're collaborating, having fun. Little did we know, like we're implementing all these durable skills of critical thinking and, you know, all of that fun stuff. And we said, you know what? On Saturdays, let's not work at the car wash. Let's try to figure out if we can do this on our own. And incrementally, we built that business. Uh, we graduated our senior year. I went to college and so did my partner. And we would come home and work that business on our summer and winter breaks. It's, the company is called Showroom Shine. And we um, we built that up. So by the time it was time for graduation, we we had a real business and a decision to make. Do we bet on ourselves? Or I wanted to be a dentist at the time. I have a degree in biology from the Ohio State University. <laughs> and my partner had, he wanted to go into federal law enforcement. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a degree in criminology from Southern University in Baton Rouge at HBCU. And we said, let's give it one year. We define success. This is what success looks like. This is what failure looks like. If we're on the road to success, we continue. If not, then I go to dental school. You go do your thing. And we haven't looked back since. Uh, we we both have been entrepreneurs, worked for ourselves ever since then. Um, fast forward that story. We how I get to education. Would you like to know that part? Because it's it's all connected. I was just gonna say, wait a minute. You did. Do you still have the car wash? I'm just wondering. I I still own it. Yes. <laughs> I still own that car wash. And so are now, there, are there more? So so, uh, so yeah. So it exists today as an airport car wash in St. Louis, Kansas City, and Denver, and we have uh, we have partners that uh, they help us manage that that business. And today it it kind of operates um, in a mostly self sufficient way. My business partner he has other other business ventures he's into. Uh, I've moved into the education space, but how we even get to education is so here, here we are, two young African-American males graduated from college, uh, betting on ourselves. And this is we're doing entrepreneurship when this when it wasn't cool, you know, like now it's like, oh, yeah, be entrepreneurs. Like people were looking at us like you have a degree in biology. Now, why are you going to wash cars? That just I'm not understanding that. Right. But um, the loan game, it, it 
really has played out to our to our favor. But we we came home from college, worked the business, had success, contracts, post office, all sorts of things, and we ended up winning this award, the Steve Harvey Neighborhood Awards. Steve, oh, wow. St- yeah. So Steve Harvey used to put this award show on for the best businesses across the country, uh, best car washes, hair salons, community leader, um, 30, 20 to 30,000 people or something would go out to Vegas for this thing called the neighborhood awards. And we won that four years in a row for the best wow. detail shop in the nation. So we were the youngest entrepreneurs to win that. We used social media to, you know, to galvanize people to like vote for us and all of that stuff. So we ended up being featured in the Wall Street Journal for companies that use social media to grow their business. Um, Ebony Magazine, when that was a thing, top young entrepreneurs. And we're hang- we're in, they would fly us out to Vegas. We're hanging out with all these different celebrities from Kevin Hart to Patti LaBelle to Tyler Perry to Steve Harvey and his business partners. And seeing... Like it, it was eye opening to see that like something that you can create can become larger than yourself and put you in places and spaces you never would have imagined from a, a business idea that we had from taking something small and betting on ourselves, working really hard at it, and it turned into that. So to get to education, <laughs> all this attention is on on right like. People started asking me all the time, how how did you start this? How, how I have this idea, Sylvester. I have this idea. I have this idea. So eventually I said, well, what if I wrote a book, the young and I wrote it, The Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Success. And I was just thinking, like, what would I write and tell my 17-year-old self? At that time, I think I was 25. Like, what would what would I tell my 17-year-old self after having negotiating large contracts? Um having successes, having failures, having mentors, having these very unique experiences. And I I wrote this book and it was like the perfect timing of then people started asking me, hey, can you come talk to my my class? And then someone says, oh, I like this idea of this book. Can we order a class set of them? I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what is that? It's like, (laughs) we want to order some. So you like it. And you order 30 copies or then a school, then someone tells us, uh, can you come and speak at the Missouri CTE conference? I'm like, what is, what is that? It's like career tech education. That's what you guys, that's what you have here. This is business education, your culinary, your wood shop, your technology. I'm like, oh, so there's this thing called CTE at every state region and nationally and i just fell into that fold of now a school district likes it they order a thousand copies of the book and then that turned into curriculum you know and then that you know so it's like how does the book translate into but the whole thing was coming from an industry professional standpoint of if you really want to do business this is how this is what's happening like make it real do something, make something, create something. That's the learning. And that's where the $50 startup comes from. And when did you do that? That's been about seven or eight years now that when we launched that, 
So we we started doing on, so it went from physical books to online curriculum because then we started going. I started going to these conferences, and I'm speaking, doing keynotes at these summer CTE conferences and um, exhibiting and meeting people. So now, like, went over 600 school districts across the country, and that comes from that comes from the curriculum side. That comes from wow. asking, well, what's next? And some people, no, we don't want books. Do you have this in a program? And it's like, oh, do you have something for our class? So then that it's like, well, how the $50 constraint, students have to create a business, a real business on a $50 budget. And so that's it's meant to be a constraint so that it can be something executed within the semester or school year's time. Right. And so to see, and it it inherently pushes toward like resilience, creativity. And something you can execute because we're not like, oh, I'm going to build a a rocket. That's great. But what can you do now so you can learn these skills connected to entrepreneurial thinking? And I've seen kids. Yeah, some kids took that $50 and turned it into $900 some years ago, making like uh, stress stress ball things that they were making themselves. We've seen kids make earrings. Uh, create video games now using some of the free software tools that are available. So it makes you think when you don't have money, you can't throw money at a problem. You have to throw creativity at it, you know? And so that inherently puts that constraint on there. So we, we also run pitch competitions connected to it. So we have school districts. What kind? Uh, We'll, we'll run a pitch competition. So like an example, we have one school district, they use it in all of their middle schools. And so we get them all together and the best ideas, uh, our company, we put up 500 bucks and the kids pitch for like the, what, this is what our idea is. And you have everything from drop shipping businesses to fashion things to uh, eyelash businesses to people are making their own cosmetics. It's, I mean, it's incredible to see the ingenuity from, you know, from our youth. And and, and my biggest thing about it, uh, Barbara, I think when it's getting the belief system right, right? Like understanding like entrepreneurship, but class, if we do it right, you walk away with the understanding that your ideas are valuable. Let me raise my hand. Let me tell you what I think. Let me let me speak up in the meeting or let me I see a problem. I think I can solve it. I think I can organize people to help solve this problem or work on this thing together. So, um, yeah, so that's what that's like our flagship curriculum. Then we have other stuff, the digital marketing and other things. But it's all well, about real world experiential things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know, I wrote some books on personalized learning, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I heard that. Thing is um, now it's student driven. The yes. idea um, that our our kids are smart. We just have to give them, like you said, the opportunities and give them some incentive. An incentive for five hundred dollars to do a pitch, and you know, like if if they had that money, then if you don't have it, they can go out and make it because they're smart. We just don't give them that opportunity. So when you say it's built into the curriculum you and um, a, a school district or a school is 
using this? Is this its own curriculum or is it part of like a um, business curriculum in the high school or do they, do you have it in the middle schools? I'm just it's, So it's adaptable. It's, it's, thank you for asking that. It's adaptable to both. We have high schools that use it as a standalone curriculum. We have middle schools that use it as a standalone curriculum. Uh, mm. But we also have some that layer the entrepreneurship in to a photography class, right? Uh-huh. Where they turn, they we're teaching photography, but wouldn't it be cooler if we uh, have an exhibition where the students actually can sell their photos or set up like family photo shoots or something? So, but we're teaching the entrepreneurial uh, experience through the lens of photography, or we have a welding class that uses it. And Barbara, they're making fire pits. They're making fire pits. So it just, it helps to personalize the experience, like what you said, and make it more exciting. So we're seeing it connected to um, standalone business classes, entrepreneurship classes that are using it. Um, But we deliver it online in a teacher-friendly format so they can either have the students jump on the platform or they can download it and, you know, the lessons and import it into their Google Classroom or however whatever, you know, LMS system that they're using. So, but we, we, the whole point from us, our side is we're going to create the things that are exciting and relevant for the kids. So you don't have to think about that. It makes less effort on the teachers or the administrators who may not be an entrepreneur teaching a business class or entrepreneurship class, if that makes sense. Well, it's just the way I know what teaching's like right now. And in some places, they they don't give teachers create time to be creative. Yeah, and so um, I'm hoping that people can listen to this with some ideas on how there are teachers out there that would love to do this, but they don't know how to fit it in. They don't know how because they have a pacing guide and they have so much time or whatever. But if it can be integrated, because mm-hmm. every kid has an idea. Every yeah. I'm even thinking young ones. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen them even very young. Like you said, how old were you when you wanted to um, snowplow, you know, take out the snow? Oh, that, that was, yeah, that's probably like fifth grade or something. I don't know, fourth or fifth grade thinking about, you know, how can I make $5 or, or something? I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think for, it's in there, the childlike wonder, because they're not one, the... I, in some ways, the younger you go, the creativity is at a higher level of I can do anything. Like I haven't been tainted by the world writing on my blank canvas telling me, no, 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 you can't, can't, can't stop, stop, stop. You're not the person for this. You don't have the right skill set, the you know, no to this. But they're like, sure, you know what? There's a problem I I don't like i want to help you know do something and figure it out i think i mean for me i've worked in um i work in i'm in oakland california right. and i've worked in the schools and uh some of these kids they're so bright but school became so uh regimented and uh, constraining that they started you could see that engagement and that excitement about what that, that they had go down. And mm-hmm. then um, I did work 
with what they, we called them digital high schools. And what I was lucky to work with several schools and the business departments where the kids had to come up with their own uh, business plans. And I, you, I saw the difference. You know, it was, and this was a long time ago, <laughs> 20 some years ago. And so what I'm saying is that it's, it's harder now because kids are um, more connected, seeing what's going on in the world and very frustrated to go back into a traditional classroom. So you did a TED talk in that TED talk. Did, is this what you talked about? Y- yes. In in the sense of it, the TED Talk is titled Manifest Greatness, uh, how to apply the entrepreneurial mindset to your life, right? So it's applying it to your life, to your school, to your work, and that's connected to the book by the same title. The TED Talk is like, how do we get people to take ownership over your own success? Right. And that's a big part of that is believing that your ideas are valuable. It was during that time as I was coming with that with that TED talk, the World Economic Forum talked about entrepreneurship should not be housed exclusively in business, right? In the business box. It is a 21st century life skill. As you think about the careers of the future, we're moving toward a gig economy. We're moving toward uh, a lot more independent contracting. The younger you go, like you said, these kids, they, they're watching Shark Tank. They're seeing entrepreneurship around them. So they believe, they have a greater belief that they can do something on their own. And it also helps to personalize the learning in such a dynamic way. But that TED Talk, I'm, I'm saying, don't put your success in the hands of mom dad, your brother, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, the success is yours to, to go after, you know, to take, uh, to take the leadership position in that role and not allow any limiting beliefs to be placed on you to buy into in you. And I, and I firmly believe that I try to, I try to live in that space that the only limits that exist are the ones that you place on yourself. So if someone's told you, oh, you're a troublemaker, you're a disruptor, uh, no, we're not buying into that, right? Or, oh, you're a woman, you can't do that. Um, You're too young, you can't do that. You're too old, you can't do that. You choose to live an alternative lifestyle, like that's a red flag. No, we're not buying into any of that. You're African-American, Latino, you know, some form of a, uh, you know, differently able. No, we're not buying into any of that. The only limits that exist are the ones that you choose to buy into. And so remove those limits. Take ownership over your own success. Don't play small for anyone because you may be the first one to go to college in your family, the first one to live in this neighborhood, the first one to make this type of money the first one to travel internationally. Any, we're not playing small for anyone. We want to be inspirations to those around us and not buy into any limiting beliefs and taking ownership over our own success. So that's the 45-second version of the TED Talk. 
we're going to put the TED Talk on the post that goes with this because <laughs> I, I, I want to hear it all. And I, I think yes. it's amazing. I mean, it, it amazes me why we don't do more of this because I see schools where their focus is on, you know, the students driving their learning. And then I walk in a traditional school and and I I just, it's almost like I'm going back, going back in time and look at the kids and they're they're so disengaged and and they become disrespectful and they wonder why kids are ready ready to leave and why teachers don't want to be there because if we could have this kind of entrepreneurial you know mindset and then the teachers see it the excitement that happens and that's the other thing was the parents because if the parents see what their kids are doing, then they're more involved and they get excited. I mean, I'm I'm wondering how the families are, you know, if they might fight this because they want something traditional or, you know. No, I, no, I think when you see your kid come home and they're excited about school, uh, most parents are going to be excited about that as well because that makes the day easier right that makes that makes you feel empowered as a parent that you're doing something right you this school that you have your your son or your daughter in they're learning things they're getting excited about uh school and I'll give an example there was a school district in in St. Louis where they had a kid, they told me about this kid who was outside of this class. Some people may have labeled him as a, a bit of a troublemaker. He wasn't coming. <laughs> he Barbara, he was not coming to school except for on the days that he had this class where they were using building the entrepreneurial project. He loved it. And it the teacher said, uh, the parents sent him a note sent him a note one day uh, because on the day they were presenting, they were pitching their businesses, two of his other friends, again, this is, they they come from some, some rough backgrounds here. Two of his other friends decided to steal a car that morning, stole the car, drove that car and wrapped it around the tree. Okay. Those two young people are no longer here with us. The young man, where was he at? He was at school that day working on his business project. Had it been another day, nine out of 10 times, he probably would have been in that car. You see, so I, I think that's where sometimes we can get lost in the tech, the technicalities and the curriculum and the, the pacing of the class. Like, we are trying to create and facilitate a space where young people can thrive and see themselves in the work so that they can become contributing members of their community and society. It's not just like I teach math. No, you're working with kids like it's you have to care about them as an entire person. Um, and sometimes you never know. I, I always give my hats off to the educators working with kids on a daily basis who are 
bringing kids. They know you can come to my class and get some food. You know, you can come in here, and get some snacks or bring me your laundry. I'll bring it back clean for you. You, you know, like those, those situations come early. I'll let you into the locker room so you can take a shower. You know, like these kinds of things where you're showing, you're going above and beyond and getting to the humanity of education and not just seeing your class. I am in this box as English teacher, math teacher, business teacher. But no, I care about these kids and you never know what you're keeping them from or what, you know, how, how today's lesson will be the lesson that transforms their life. And they say, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be a, a nurse. I'm going to go into cybersecurity. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Wow. Well, that was like a TED Talk right there. That was really great. <laughs> no, I, you know, it just amazes me why there isn't more of this. And so you started your company. I mean, mm-hmm. it's um, you started that some time ago, Global CTE Learning. Yeah, two, two, 2009 is when I wrote the first book. Um, and then um, we, where we were focused primarily on entrepreneurship. And then as our horizon broadened and, and we started working with more schools and seeing that like we're focused on content around the business cluster and credentials connected to that and that sort of thing and courses connected to that, that's when we moved it to more of a, a global positioning, a global career tech education. We work with some schools in uh, in other countries, in Kenya and in India as well. This is amazing. I mean, I you and I have talked already, but it was mostly because I was on your show and you were asking me about me. It's my turn. To- <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I, I I have to say this. I am so inspired. I, our conversations that you and I have had, the impact that you have made on education in so many different arenas from the classroom to instruction, personalized learning to technology and education space to credentials. It's, it's inspiring. I see you as I'm like, man, this is like my role model, my friend slash role model of <laughs> keep pushing and just keep trying to show up and make an impact, make a difference. Well, um, I'm one of those old people and it's a digital pioneer. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, but I, I've always wanted kids to have a voice and mm-hmm. it should be, I, I was doing student centered learning. And then I realized the problem was the teacher was still telling the kids what to do. And we weren't, turning it over to let them have a voice and make some decisions, set up their own goals, do some things like you're talking about. And um, we're going to put this post together. I want to put links to your books, TED Talk, Mm -hmm. and your company and some of the things you're doing, because I know people who are listening will, they'll be really curious about this if they are teachers who really want to be creative with some of the kids they know have so much potential, but it's, they don't have the opportunities. So, I mean, teachers are amazing. They really, I'm an advocate for them and I'll do anything I can to keep them in, in the education, but we need to do something like this. So 
they also have that entrepreneurial mindset so they can see it, you know, because I, I, you know what, you know what, Barbara, I think it's important to also lift up someone who's, who's listening may be saying, yeah, that's, that's great, but I can't, I don't have the time for that. I can't implement something like that because I have all these rules and regulations. I think it's start where you are, right? Mm -hmm. Like what control, what you can control. If you know you have to teach this particular module, how can you add an element of entrepreneurship to it? It could be in the story or examples that you use to to highlight it. Uh, If it's math or if it's English, how can you add Okay, it's English. We have to write something. But if you created a business, guess what? We have to write emails. How do we write a sales email? Or let's take the writing. Let's write a script. And we're going to make a social media video promoting a product that we make. Right. So there are different ways to add these elements in there to help personalize the learning, like what you said. And then, you know, if you are in that innovative district or have that opportunity to reconfigure uh, some coursework. Then you're like, yeah, you can you can utilize the entire curriculum uh, to to go deeper in that in that way. But I always tip like start with what you can control um, and use things like this podcast or something to share with your leadership to get them on the same page. Because I think that's when when all of this works best. We see it in the the school districts or the states where the state believes in whatever concept or theory, the school district's on board, the administration's on board, the principal and the teacher, like it with the parents and the students. It's like you need all those stakeholders on board to really create that that change. Um, yeah. Well, change, change is complex, but it's you do whatever you, it takes for your kids. I mean, there's precious. They're they're our future, and we yeah. want to do anything we can for them. And I wish I could keep talking and talking and talking with you, but we're we're Part running two. out of time. But I don't want to leave without <laughs> knowing what is your next. What's next for you? I mean, are is there a new product or new program or so I. I'm really enjoying the podcast um, right now. And so the Global CTE podcast, interviewing amazing people like yourself. We've had um, people on from industry, from the Walmart Foundation, talking about learning employment records. And we've had people like Tremaine Holloway on talking about competency-based learning and uh, you know, schools with no grades and credentials, Noah guys like, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're working on something now to create a unique professional development product around the content from the podcast. So like where you're listening to it maybe, and then we go in uh, a little deeper with some questions like that you can have in a group conversation where we're breaking it down. So that I think that's that's exciting for us in terms of a what's a what's next, but really it's also just doing more of what of what we're doing, connecting with more school partners, more CTE directors, mm-hmm. um, just to spread 
the curriculum and our approach of thinking real world experiential learning opportunities and helping the teachers. Like you said, they don't have a lot of time. They're overworked as it is, but here's a place in the space where you can implement these lessons and increase the student engagement, save yourself some time. So, yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to keep talking. (laughs) I'm loving, I mean, I love that you have the podcast and that I had you on my show, but I want to make sure people can get, you know, find it. So what contact, what is the contact information? What if they're not going to the post? What if they only listen? I want them to be able Mm -hmm. to find you. So, okay. So if you're listening, you're on Spotify, if you're, you want to go or Spotify, Apple, or any of the podcast platforms, you can just type in Global CTE Podcast. You can find us there. Um, you can go to globalcte.com, globalcte.com, and you can find our curriculum offerings there. I'm on LinkedIn, Sylvester Chisholm. Send me a DM or sylvesterchisholm.com. So, I mean, any of those Type any of those things in Google, Spotify, Apple, whatever platform you are on, and uh, we'll pop up. and And I'm here to help. This is really my life's work, Barbara. Uh, living at that intersection of of, of education and uh, spreading that 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 message of success and trying to help educators and teachers. Yep. Oh, Sylvester, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I I really. I mean, I've learned a lot about you that I didn't already know. So this is great. And um, I'm excited to share this with, share the podcast and share your story with the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning podcast and my conversation with Sylvester Chisholm. Shared about his online career and technical education program. I, I just loved our talk. It was so great to have him on my virtual porch. I was so impressed with his energy to make a difference with innovation, entrepreneurship, and mindset. So make sure you check out the blog post that goes with this podcast on barbabray.net so you can access the resources, books, videos, and links Sylvester shared with me. It would be awesome if you subscribed to my podcast. I'd be really grateful if you wrote a review. Thanks again for listening. Keep sharing your story and please stay safe and be well.